Hey, welcome to the Union Movement Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh, and I am the co-founder of the Union Movement. And we are so glad that you joined us here today as my wife, Bonnie, and I sit down with Chris and Stephanie Teague of Out of the Dust Music uh, to hear their story of God's redemption in their life. And it's a powerful, powerful story, and we're going to jump into it in just a minute. But if this is the first time you've ever joined us here on the Union, on the Union Movement Podcast, we are committed to helping people find wholeness in sexuality, identity, uh, relationships, marriage, all the different attributes of life uh, that are so uniquely connected to the human experience and to the human soul. And we want to help you encounter truth that leads to transformation. So we welcome you here today. If this is the first time you've ever uh, checked out the Union Movement podcast. And if you're a return listener, hey, welcome back. We're glad you joined us as well. We'd love it if you would uh, all comment, subscribe, share this, uh, this podcast uh, with other people as it helps us to just be seen by more and more people and get the, the truth out, get the story out about God's redemptive plan for sexuality, identity, and relationships. Um, as I mentioned, Chris and Stephanie Teague, out of, um, out of the dust music, they've got a powerful story of redemption. Uh, Chris and Steph were married uh, early on, and I think their early 20s, and uh, they were married for about three years, but the wheels came off in their marriage as there was some internal struggles going on. Uh, in Chris's life that just really came to light. And they unpack some of those things and how God actually took them on on a journey back to them, back to him and really brought healing. There was a period where they were actually full on divorced and the papers were signed and everything. And they were living separate lives, yet Jesus was drawing each of them back to him and uh, and was able to lead <laughs> then lead them back to each other. I don't want to ruin totally a spoiler alert. But anyways, uh, I don't want to ruin this for you today, but it's such a powerful story. Uh, so I encourage you, open up your heart and um, and just really receive from what uh, what God did in their life today, as I know it's going to encourage you and uh, maybe give hope for you. Maybe you're in a similar situation or you know somebody who uh, who is in a similar situation. Uh, I hope that this would give you the hope to cling to, to believe to, for God's uh, redeeming power to work in and through uh, your life. So without further ado, here's Chris and Stephanie Teague out of the dust music. All right. Well, Chris and Stephanie, thank you for joining us. You guys are coming out from Nashville. We you know we're recording online here and the, these two are uh, recording artists of out of the dust music. It has a really beautiful message and we're really excited to have you with us today. Hey, yeah, thanks for having <laughs> us. It's awesome. We connected online and I saw your story. Uh, and honestly, just caught my attention uh, here at the union. We we're trying all the time to bring messages of hope, helping people take steps into places, finding wholeness. And your story just really resonated uh, because that's what happened in your life. And so we want to share, give you guys a chance to share about your story, but then also about the music that has come as an expression of your, of your love and your marriage. Um, but first, maybe let's start where you have we're going to do a lightning round of questions, which you guys don't right. know. We didn't send you these questions <laughs> ahead of time. Oh, man. Yes. We're going to put so, you on the spot right away. I'm right right. Away. so on board with this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go with the highly debatable one. This is, this is a, a troublemaker question. Which side of the bed do you sleep on? I thought you were going to say Republican or Democrat. Question. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, Are you vaccinated? Sorry, no, no, <laughs> yeah, no. there we go. Hey, exactly. let's get as controversial we as we can. We literally just switched sides because he, he swore that my side, the mattress, was better. Mm. <laughs> <But> okay. Typically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is this a controversial way, Okay, you do way more than In me. In one sentence, it. let me explain this. It's so a, this it's a memory foam mattress, and she weighs less, so she's created less of a impression and i have back problems so it feels firmer on her Dude, side. your story checks out your story checks out i believe you so what side so, i don't even know anymore i don't know i'm homeless on which side of the bed no well, how do you def how do you define i guess like the <laughs> right side at the bed, i'm typically on the right and he's on the left well maybe here's like a little tag on question to that who sleeps closer to the door the, mm. the door into the room used to be me it used to be him yes i still would prefer it to you because the kids will always come to that side of the bed first. <laughs> yeah, true. I love and, it. And intruders. And any and possible intruders. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Oh, man. Awesome. Okay. Number two. Are you guys sports people? No. No. Absolutely not, unfortunately. Sorry, kids. We can answer yeah. that very quickly. Okay. Wholehearted. Really. I was going to start with. 
We like attending events. Okay. It's always fun. And our kids are, That's what you I know, our say. son's playing basketball. I right love now, live. I love live sporting events. We I just, just don't, don't keep up with it. it. Yeah. Totally. I'm an observational athlete is what you could say. <laughs> right? There you go. Yeah. Amazing. All right. So again, this question is, is divisive. Like, well, mm. it's, it's kind of a two-part question. So yeah. the first question, do you like Mexican food? Yes. That's wholehearted. Yes. Affirmative. Yes. All right. Now here's where it gets crazy. Cilantro or no cilantro? Oh, I love it. Uh, we're cilantro. We're cilantro. We're cilantro. There's Canadian yeah. or American versions of <laughs> that. Should have been yeah. your question. Cilantro or How cilantro? Do you say it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are we are we are both supporters of cilantro. 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 Sorry, I'll get it right. Sometimes cilantro. Pasta, drama, not drama or pasta. Right. Right. I forget. It's the, it's my Canadian accent's coming through here. We might need interpretation. So we can we can pull out the real southern draw too if you just want to go Ooh, all the way. No, you know? we don't have to. <laughs> Do it. Do it. No, I don't know to. how we escaped it being from here, but <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Okay, next one. Do you guys do subtitles when you're watching a movie? It depends. If if you're eating food. Yeah. Because you like he likes he'll like snack, you know. You're eating chips or crunchy things, can't really hear. So yeah, maybe some of the time. I'll give you Okay, that. so then a follow-up. Do you guys chew with your mouths closed? I'm just joking. I'm joking. Are we I think so. gorillas? <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> Move on. All right. Move on. Uh coffee or tea? Yes. Tea, uh, just tea for me. Coffee for me. Yes. You like tea, but yeah. coffee's your coffee's yeah, gem. Totally. Okay. I have to ask, as kind of a coffee snob, what's the coffee scene like mm. in Nashville? Is it? It's pretty rocking, man. It's uh, especially over the last few years when we when we had kids is right when Nashville got cool. Like blew up. Uh, yeah. and so we didn't get to be cool with Nashville, <laughs> but it got a really uh, like the yeah the the coffee culture here is is. It's pretty on point. Nice, man. Well, I'm going to have to put that, you know, on a to-do list, on a bucket list. The coffee tour. I'd love to do a coffee tour. It'd be great. This is supposed to be a lightning round, and I'm totally slowing it down. <laughs> you really are. Like, that'd be a great excuse to go, like, around the country. It's like, I want to try coffee. Hey, Absolutely. this is a good idea. Okay, we're going to go fast on the next faster. ones. We only have yeah. a few left. or We're halfway through. Okay, <laughs> aisle seat or window seat on an airplane? Oh, window. window. Okay, yeah. That doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> okay. I'll sit in your lap. <laughs> you Perfect. Okay. Wheel of Fortune or Price is Right? Price is oh, Right. Probably more Price is Right growing up. Yeah. But but Bob Bob Barker Price is yeah, Right. Yeah, like original. We're yeah, yeah. we're old enough to yeah yeah. yeah. OG absolutely For sure. Okay. Worst household chore. Worst. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know either. You would used to say like cleaning up after dogs or kids, oh. like. Like, you know, they're, they're like bodily scrimmit. fluids. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you would say. <laughs> I love that yeah. as parents, that's a, that's like, yeah, that's a regular household chore. <laughs> like uh, that yeah. happens enough. Yeah. That stuff doesn't bother me as much. I hate anything that has to do with like outdoors and I have to, and it involves wasps. If I have that's to be, you like outdoors. If I have to be wasps. outdoors with wasps, it's a bad day. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I am kind of surprised that like, the CDC didn't put out like a like a fine point like, hey, if you're a parent of like infants or like young kids, you've probably been exposed to so much your immunity systems. So like, <laughs> you're good. Don't worry about a mask or anything, you know, like, oh, right. man, for real. I know. All right. Do you the take naps? Shield. Do we take naps? Um, I enjoy naps. I, I would take them more often if I had more time. Fact. Facts. No. Some people don't can't do it. They say it ruins them. Oh, no, it doesn't ruin me at all. No, it gives me another start. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last, but certainly not least last book you've read or listened to. Oh, I've been reading several. I know we're both looking at our I have phones. to think which one I've been reading several at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. This one won't get me in trouble. Life of the <laughs> beloved by Henry Nowen. Boom. Really? Mm -hmm. You recommend what's the, what's the takeaway so far? Yeah. Well, his, like the whole thing is just, a um, it's kind of like a letter to his friend who's not spiritual. It's like his his friend who's not spiritual asked him to write a book for him, essentially, that was like about spiritual things. So oh, wow. the crux of the book is Henry explaining like through the through communion, through um, like taking blessing, breaking and giving bread like Jesus gave us a, a, a form, a form of living. And wow. that's how God deals with us by taking wow. us, choosing us 
uh, blessing us, breaking us at times. We were broken, but then we were yeah. also given, well, and it's all, yeah, it's pretty cool. The fine print of brokenness in the Christian walk, man, for yeah. real, for real. That sounds cool. I read, I read lots of fiction because it's like a nice escape for me. Sure, sure. <laughs> you sound so much better. No, I, uh, You're better I just, I've read it before you. several times, but I just started reading Redeeming Love again because the movie came out. Right, so right. I would like to read it again. It's one of my favorite books ever. Cool, Very cool. cool. She that's the only writer. time that's the only time I'll come out like sounding like a better person or human than you <laughs> like every every other time yeah. every other example oh that's good that's good that's sweet cool so redeeming love and the life of the beloved that's a really great segue into um you know we'd love to you know just jump into your story we people now know about your you know taste in sports and Mexican food and, sure. and stance on cilantro that's right. But now we could settled, you guys dive in a little bit to your story where you where you met and when you got married and maybe all the way up until I mean, spoiler alert, maybe move all the way up until the point of when you guys got divorced. Sure. And hey, we say this every time we tell our story, we get on railroad tracks and we'll just go. So raise your hand or like interrupt us or something if you, you have bet. a question. We are not offended at all. Um, yeah, we, we tell our story everywhere we go, every chance we get, because, um, you know, stories are powerful. And, and like we spoke before, uh, the interview started, um, you know, experts and, and people with lots of head knowledge are obviously helpful and we need those people in our lives. But I, I think we've found and seen like re- some mm. of the most real transformation that takes place in people's hearts is when they see what God can do in other people, mm-hmm. when they see what God has done and they think, oh my goodness, well, he could do that for me. Yeah. Just sharing his, his work in our lives. So, um, and we have a pretty miraculous story that we get to carry with us. So we, we try to be good stewards of that. And that story starts when we were in high school, uh, where we met on a mission trip to Philadelphia of all places. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of, you know, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's like an inner city, not really a mission trip location, but um, <laughs> it was still, still pretty shocking. For it, us. Was, it was shocking for <laughs> us. Um, but you know, we, we got to know each other kind of in the best way possible. There, uh, she, I think she was attracted to me because I played the guitar. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> when you're 16, you know, it's harder this. But she had a boyfriend at the time, so there was there was that, um, and she broke up with him. Thank God. And not long after, not long after, um, as much as I'd love to say we fell in love on the mission trip, we we didn't. Uh, but we got, you know, we got to dating and off and running and all that. And, and God was just always a huge part of our lives. Music was a huge part of our lives, more so for me. But like we were serving together, we led mm-hmm. worship together, led worship together a lot, like on wow. paper, on paper, like we, we just looked like a pretty great Christian couple. Um, I think we're good at. We're good at doing that, building our resumes, especially now mm. in the days of social media. It's like mm. you curate your life, you curate your feed. And, you know, we do that um, even with the people we're in community with, too, sometimes. Um, right. So yeah. we had convinced ourselves, I think, of how good we were doing because we didn't really know what we were doing and, and how well, to be how to be married. And, yeah, we got we got married in the yeah. middle of college. So yeah. very, very young. I was 19. He was 20. But we just thought, hey, we can do it. Financially, we're in college together, same school. Why wait? Yeah. And we were the first of our friends to do it. I was 19 and she, no. she was 19 and I was 20. <laughs> there you go. Um, and so we were just kind of alone. You know, we didn't have close mm-hmm. friends and we weren't we weren't see, we weren't wise enough to know that we needed to seek out older couples or um, involve even just general community in our lives. You know, yeah, right. which we were, you know, we were surrounded by people all the time and serving, but, you know, nobody the amount of people around you doesn't mean you're living in community, mm-hmm. right? Come on, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, early on in that that marriage, our, our I'm spoiling it here, but our first marriage, um, <laughs> we, um, yeah, we were just kind of blind to our own ignorance. We didn't know what we didn't know. And um, as we were trying to figure it out, kind of finding our way through the dark, um, we're also going through this really crazy and hectic time in our mm-hmm. lives as 20 somethings, not really knowing who we are, figuring out who we are as, as people, what we believe and what we think we're, 
you know, we're working, trying to make our way through school, we're going to school, uh, and then trying to foster a young marriage that we don't know how to do. So yeah. it was it was tumultuous. Uh, it felt okay, uh, but as we look back, there's just so much we would change, and and some of that um, I think boils down to what I went through as mm. this young man questioning his faith. I mentioned that you know we're I'm getting to know who I am. And so I'm asking good questions and having doubts, but I don't have any place to point that. I don't have a, I don't have an avenue to ask questions. And so I just kind of hid. This is before there was all the deconstruction conversation, you know, this was right. like years and years ago. And so I felt really alone and I just kind of hid it all because I was still leading worship and I felt like I had to, mm-hmm. feel like I had to be put together, you know, to right, right. be in that position. And um, I, I just shoved it all down and that opened the door in my life for, for the enemy, because when we hide and the enemy gets us alone, he can convince us of anything. And for me, I just had this multitude of, of things in front of me being a young man going to school for the music industry, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. music industry is well known for its wholesome values mm-hmm. and, uh, upstanding activities. Sure. Uh, yes. So I had, I had everything I wanted, you know, and I, I, I started getting into drugs and parties and alcohol and friends. Um, I honestly felt kind of safe there. I think, you know, I, maybe that we didn't have the same values per se, but yeah. they, they, they had hard questions and were rough around the edges. Like I felt, you know, mm. so, um, so that continued and I didn't tell anybody, I just kind of shoved it all, shoved it all down. I think Stephanie still thought we were doing great. You know, maybe there, there was a hiccup here or there, but, um, you know, I was just a completely different person than she knew, or at least there was another side to me. You know, she didn't know who I was, but there's this other side that she knew nothing about. No one knew anything about who wow. I was. And so developing kind of a form of agnosticism, atheism at this mm. point, you know, my doubts and these questions have festered and I haven't been able to, to deal with them properly or, or handle them well in community. So um, the the pattern of sin and hiding and all that just kept going around and around until it got to the point where I really was still leading worship, not believing in God and, you know, doing God knows what the night before, you know, stumbling in on Sunday morning. So it was, it was a rough, a rough place for me spiritually. And I was so blind and ignorant. I like, I knew that it probably wasn't okay, but it's just amazing what the enemy can convince us of. And mm. I just rationalized and, and said it was okay. And mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, just a question. I just think of like, um, Stephanie, what you said before of like, we can be surrounded by people, but not living in community. Mm-hmm. So then I think Chris, like you're going through this, you don't even really realize what you're actually, you know, when you look back, you go like, that's crazy. Like that's like a complete double life who like, were there people in your life who were asking you hard questions? Did you? Yeah. Not really. Not really. I mean, any of my friends that I like hung out with and, you know, was that other side of me, like, I'm sure they probably wondered, but like they knew, they knew who I was and like that I was kind of living this life. But I guess, I don't know. I would have been interested. I would have been asking all kinds of questions if I was hanging out with somebody like that. And I think that you, and you talk about like personality wise, like you're a performer. So Mm. it was, he was a great yeah. performer, you know, and, and could still play that part around me and around our, our friends, our church, our family. And so mm-hmm. nobody was really pressing into that. It is to mine and everyone else's detriment that I am good at hiding and performing. Mm. Wow. So it's really humble yeah. of you to say, man, not too many people could, could admit that for sure. I think sometimes in Christian culture specifically, you know, it's like kind of whatever you want to call it, worship music scene, contemporary Christian music and, and everything, we equate character and talent to the, be the same thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you can be musically talented and, and you can have a, you know, a, a, char- a charisma that, you know, rallies people in a room and, and, you know, right. has all the right things to say, which is, is great. You know, right. We, we need ralliers, but like, mm-hmm. um, I think there is such a detriment, like you say, to be able to um, compartmentalize who we are. And so like, if you like looking back at like who you were then, where do you see that specific 
like compartmentalization. Is that even the word? Compartmentalization. Compartmentalization. Where did you start to put your life into different boxes? <laughs> it's probably the better word to say. Like, like just today. looking back in hindsight. Yeah. In hindsight, like what were those boxes? Um, man, I mean, it was, it was really just, I think, so I had a compartment for a lot of my, a lot of my doubts and, and things that I struggled with. It came back to like science and faith. And, sure. and, and that's a huge, I don't I wouldn't say it's a passion of mine now. Um, no, it still is. I'd say it's a passion for sure, because I'd love for people to know what I now know. Um, hmm. but those were two of the big boxes was science and faith. And then just kind of, um, what, what friends I was with, you know, who I have this weird way of, um, like I'm talking about myself too so, much. I Sorry. I have this weird <laughs> I have this weird way of being malleable, you know, in mm. different in different uh situations, but I still always feel like me. So even though I like I could hang out with my grandma and her friends and like we'd land and then my mom and and then, you know, just different people my age and I just very malleable and I so I'm able to fit into lots of different scenarios and I don't know why I'm saying that other than just to say that was the different groups of people I was hanging out with were, were part of those boxes too, for these compartmentalized pieces of, of mm -hmm. me. Uh, and as that went on, I mentioned, you know, the enemy gets us alone and convinces us of anything. Um, I rationalized and convinced myself that this was all okay. And then this new lie comes in and um, man, it just makes so much sense when there's fertile ground, when the enemy has slowly been feeding you lies and it's slow and it's like a little drip, you know, and you get used to it. And then the big thing comes in and it's not so hard to, ex to accept or, or hear. And what I heard was that, you know, I'd be happier if I wasn't married. I'd be, I'd be, um, I'd feel less shame. I'd have less accountability because I was two different people and right. I didn't want to be that way. I, I could at least know that that wasn't good. Right. Right. Um, and so in, instead of, you know, reconciling and trying to make it work in any regard, regardless of whether, you know, we believe the same things or not, the enemy's lie was just that I'll be happier if I'm alone, if we're, if we're divorced. And I believed that hmm. because it's, it, I don't think it's a compelling argument now, but at the time it, it made a lot of sense. So, um, so I sort of gathered my thoughts and, um, made my case and, um, I sat Stephanie down, um, in January of 2010. Um, and I, I, I really said 14 words. I sat her down and we sat across from each other and I said, I don't believe in God anymore and I don't want to be married anymore. Oh. Um, and I only laugh because I, I can't believe that's how I did it. Like I just, we wow. just sat down and that's what I said. Um, and it didn't take very long, you know, for things to kick into gear. Um, we stayed in the same house for about a month and Stephanie tried and she can tell you that story yeah. when I finally shut up. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we did end up uh, getting filed, divorced. Filed and, papers and that was it. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. So Stephanie, like this, that's like a, a bomb to kind of be dropped, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Did, did you yeah. have any sense? Like, obviously you probably had maybe some questions and like, I wonder sure. what's going on with. With Chris, he seems a little bit distant, probably seems like, yeah. but maybe that's just like newlywed stuff. But like, what was going on in you leading up to this big bomb being dropped? Yeah, I, I knew that things weren't great. Uh, there were some little warning signs of like, man, we're kind of struggling or Chris seems like he's kind of struggling with his faith or, you know, I noticed they didn't want to pray in our small group the other day or, you know, mm. these little things. But to me, again, you know, we had been married about three and a half years at that point. And I was in, I had just finished, or I was finishing grad school. We were working busy. So I just thought it's just a season we'll push mm -hmm. through. It's fine. So I just assumed it's just a little rough patch. Everybody goes through it, but then yeah. to have, we're going to be fine. Dropped, this yeah. has to be fine. This has yeah. to be okay. Yeah. And what were your so, guys's like, what did you grow up with, with your parents' stories of marriage? Like what was normal oh, for good you question. in your homes? Yeah. I grew up with a single mom. Dad's gone. He passed when I was 12. Mm. Uh, Steph had like the, the the perfect little like the unit. nuclear two yeah. two kids mom and dad stayed together yeah. both Christians. both raised in the church yeah. yeah I just wondered Stephanie if you had in your mind like 
it's a, like my parents went through hard times and they pushed through. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of normal. We just go through hard things. We just don't give up. Yeah. You know? And I think I was just kind of naively optimistic and didn't press, you know, didn't press in. And of course, hindsight, you know, it's always 2020. But right. But yeah, for sure. I just thought it'll get better. It's all right. It's easier to believe the best than to like try to confront what but might be sure. true. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so then what? So he drops this bomb. What are you feeling in that moment? Oh, gosh. Just, I think, shock probably first. Mm-hmm. Just complete shock. I couldn't even talk for like half an hour that night when we yeah. were trying to discuss it. I mean, we were supposed to be on our way to my parents' house for a family dinner, and I, I couldn't even process. Couldn't pro- process. I'm very logical, internal processor, and I just I couldn't make sense of what he was saying. So it was a you know, a season of, of all the, all the emotions you go through with any sort of loss or trauma. I mean, just, I felt, I mean, just the overwhelming sadness of the loss of, of not only my marriage, but my best friend of Mm -hmm. my future that I had so carefully planned out. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, uh, and shame too, you know, that shame of like, what are people going to think? How did I, how did I not know this? Like just everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was the, the next steps after that conversation? Like, you know, I think Chris, you had mentioned that you guys tried to m- make it work or just try to like be co coexisting in a same house, but like, what, what did that look like after? Yeah. I, for us, it was never, he was never malicious in anything. Like, I mean, we had heated conversations. <laughs> there were heated arguments. I'm sure about it. I, I was fighting for our marriage, but he as nicely as he could. You know, I'm just like, it's, it's just not gonna work. We don't work. Like, even if I believe in God again, at some point, like we just don't, we don't work. So the lie I believed was just that it didn't, I just thought that we'd made a mistake, you know, that if I believe the same thing, we probably could make it work. But look, like you take that out and there's just no reason for us to be together. That's not even true to me today. Um, mm. But but that's what I believed, you know? Yeah. And on, on my journey from there, you know, it, I guess one of the most pivotal things in the beginning is I went to a, a women's retreat and I show up and the theme is about finding joy and suffering. Of course, I'm like, all right, Lord, <laughs> I'm wow. listening. Uh, had like this whole handout of scriptures and I wrote a bunch in there just that I clung to that year of, you know, God not wasting our trials. You know, he he uses it all every bit of the hard and the mm-hmm. ugly in our stories, every bit of it um, for his, for our good and his glory. And so it was a season for me of going from really feeling like the victim in the situation. And, you know, it's not my fault. Like, how could this happen? God, I did all the right things. Uh, and then God very gently and graciously showing me that I was not faultless. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had sin. Sin is ugly no matter what sin it is. And for me, it wasn't as obvious as his, but it was things like pride and self-righteousness and just this ugly heart stuff that I brought into our marriage that I needed to deal with in my relationship with the Lord. So okay. it was a it was a year of a lot of stripping and pruning and learning and um, figuring out where my identity truly was lying and that it wasn't where it needed to be. You know, it was in being um, an achiever and being this good wife and, and all the things instead of just being a daughter. Of the king, wow. so I could talk for a lot longer about all of you that. But all of that to say, God had a work to do in me in that that year that was just as necessary as mm. as Chris's journey. Yeah, sure. well said. Isn't well that said. amazing? I yeah, love hearing her say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. every time. It never gets old. It's like, yeah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our conversation so far with Chris and Stephanie Teague from Out of the Dust Music, and we wanted to give you a minute, give you a glimpse of some of their music. So here is Fall Back in Love from Chris and Stephanie Teague from Out of the Dust Music. I'm not saying we pretend It's been better than it's been Short fuses keep wounding Wishing that we've gone to bed instead I mean, I think we're doing fine I say we're good most of the time I know you're my home, but I just wanna want you like before When we lie 
we cry Catch your eye, butterflies feeling so high Staying up till the sunrise Can we fall back in love Even though we're scared of Everything we messed up It's worth the work for us To fall So good to hear you say You know we're gonna be okay No maybes, that's safety No more taking sides or keeping score I'll leave you post-its on the wall Kiss you for no reason at all You see me, so healthy Feeling like the kids we were before When we laugh, till we cry Catch your eye, butterflies feeling so high Love, even though we're scared of everything we messed up, it's worth the work for us to fall back in love. We can get there again, like you and me till the end. Stop looking for perfection, cause what we have to know. So, so as we said, it's kind of a spoiler alert at the beginning, like, but you guys are back together, obviously. So we it's are. like, <laughs> what was the time frame in between? Because it wasn't just like, hey, you know, like we're separated. Um, there was like files made, paperwork yeah. signed. It's a done deal. Like we're, we're splitting, we're walking away from each other um, with no real idea of like, hey, ever getting back together. Right. So yeah. what what was that kind of like in between time like between point A and point B of, you know, getting back together? Um, well, let's see. Sat you down in January and we were the, the divorce was finalized in like June or something. June or July. Yeah, we, we were separated in February. Yeah. And I'm I'm just kind of off the map, you know, at that point, uh, which Stephanie moved out and um, I, I got to do everything I thought I wanted to do and, um, be free. Like I thought I would be. And, um, what I usually say is that even if I felt so much better, just purely as a consequence of telling the truth, if you tell the truth, there's going to be a weight lifted. Even if the, even if the truth that you're like running to is, is a lie and is like a deception mm -hmm. telling the truth and saying, Hey, you know what? I don't believe now people know who I am. That's like, Oh, okay. They, and so letting people in and being vulnerable, there was a weight that was lifted. The only thing was I didn't do anything else. Right. <laughs> All I did was tell the truth, say, I don't believe in God anymore. And I don't want to be married anymore, but it wasn't open to anything. It wasn't open to input. wasn't open to talking about it. I acted like I was, but it was really just, we've said it like this. It was like, I was a, a, an iron fist with a velvet glove, you know, like very nice, but like I'm moving forward and, and nobody's going to stop me. Hmm. Uh, and man, I just ran straight for the cliff because I'd felt like I'd been holding back and having to hide and do things in secret. All, and now it's just out in the open and it's fun, guns blazing, yeehaw. And go big or go home. kind of. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> and I did. I did. Girls and drugs and 
parties and yeah friends and alcohol and you know it it's just it's a it's the prodigal story to the t you know mm-hmm. and a lot of that was fueled by um you know the the thoughts that i'd had and the there's a lot of intellectualism beneath that i don't want to just sound like a dummy who wanted to go do mm-hmm. i am a dummy who wanted to go do drugs and 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 be with women that's that's true but there was like this deeper component to it as well mm-hmm. and um I, I don't have to tell you guys this but that that way of living is is quite empty uh it's fun for a while um but you know i mean you think about maybe even the fruit in the garden of eden you know mm-hmm. that apple that that whatever it was that forbidden fruit it tastes sweet boy and yeah. it, it gets inside of us yeah. and eats us alive from the inside out and that's what i saw happen and um i guess to make a long story short i i just sort of ended up with a girl and that didn't go well but it it really really didn't go well mm. and uh the way that it ended sort of just exposed a lot of who I was to myself. It's like mm. kind of pulled the veil off. It's like, wow, I finally can see who I am, what I did, and kind of how far from home I am and mm. how alone I am. And have pushed everybody away that wanted to try and help me and work through this. Um, and I'm just sitting in the pit that I dug for myself. Wow. And uh, it, it, the result was, you know, things like anxiety, I'm waking up in cold sweats, Wow. Um, which I never, never had anything like that in my life before. Like there were f- physical manifestations of pain in my body from just this insane season of life. And, um, you know, I would, I would wake up in the morning and I would look in the mirror, not seeing like this brave guy who left it all and found his own way in life. I just saw a scared little boy, you know, mm. it was far from home. And, um, uh, God is very creative and I'm so grateful for that. And rock bottom looks different for a lot of people. Uh, but for me, it it's, that's, that's what it took, um, for God to break through. And when I'm there at the bottom of the pit, completely broken hearted and lost and alone, that was, that was where God moved in. Um, and he didn't find me through all the intellectual stuff. I mentioned, you know, he mm. found me through my brokenness and through through me learning the hard way what it looks like when uh, we live outside of what God wants, the, the, the way, you know, the way of Jesus, this way of life and living outside of that. And mm. um, man, it was a transformational time in my life. Um, but I just started being honest with God because mm. I figured I've lied to everybody and lied to myself. Even I might as well just be honest and my hurts, my fears, my doubts, pain, yeah, mm. just all, all of it's there. And God's pouring back into me as I pour out. I'm opening the word with an open mind. Things are jumping off the page. It's just a really, really sweet yeah. season. And I'm condensing it all down really quickly. And it probably, probably seems a little disjointed, but. Um, yeah, like, what was the time frame in that? Like, from. That was your original question. I, yeah. I took all of that. Okay, I took Dude, all of a- that to answer the original <laughs> question. Uh, you're yes. Continuing the journey. So, so that was um, this was probably in about, about eight months after. This was probably like okay. August of yeah. okay. of that same year of January. I had told her I was leaving. I didn't believe in God. August. I'm mm-hmm. um, in the pit. I'm telling you. Boom, boom, bang, bang, yeehaw, fast and hard. That's how I go. So. Um, uh, yeah, God is doing this amazing and new thing in me. Wow. Uh, it, it had been going on for, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and, 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 I'm, and I'm starting to hear God whisper this thing. It's a different whisper than the lie I heard from the enemy before. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but this is going on for weeks as this season is happening. And I'm like, no, that's crazy. I can't. But it keeps coming back, this whisper, this, this message, this thing. And, and um, I finally had to own up to it and admit and maybe at least take a step forward because I felt like God was telling me to pursue Stephanie again, as, as crazy as that sounded to me and surely did yeah. to her as yeah. well. Yeah, Stephanie. Okay. So you start, you start this at, you know, maybe leaning in a little bit, Stephanie, what happens when he approaches you? Had you guys been in communication? <laughs> no. Like, okay. So tell me, <laughs> not tell me at all. On. Not at all. We ended up uh, meeting up and 
I bought a house. We were walking my neighborhood and we didn't come in my house. It was like my sacred place, written scripture all over the floor. Everything. That was how it started. <laughs> it started by her not letting me in the it house. She didn't let you so in the house. No, that, not, that, not in a mean way. But. It's understandable. Uh, just a boundary yeah. there. So we, yeah. we did. Yeah, absolutely. And we spent a couple hours just swapping stories of everything that had happened, of everything God had taught us. And we've been through that year. And, and then at the end of the conversation, he told me what God had been telling him, that we should be together again. And Boom, uh, boom, bang, bang. That That's was, me. That was not uh, on my radar at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> so man. As, as much Shoot as that like, shot, brother. Shoot that shot. <laughs> as much as I felt like a completely different person, uh, that I was, you know, as much as I saw a completely different person, I saw all of these prayers that had been prayed mm. <laughs> for me and our friends and family and strangers, you know, to wow. see the answer right in front of me. It was still like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know if this is what God wants. And I'm at a place where like, I want to seek that first, <laughs> you yeah. know, where I've always been so self-sufficient and I, I know it's best. And, mm. and so I just, I knew that that was such a bad trap for me. So, um, we spent a few months from there separately doing some counseling and you had already started some counseling. We're huge advocates. Amazing. Whether, great. whether you are in the pit, like he was, or in a great place, like I felt like I was, you know, <laughs> that outside input is just, is so necessary. So ended up coming together with our counselor, had our family and friends praying all in agreement that if we wanted to pursue us again, that we should go for it. Wow. And uh, so we did. <laughs> we, wow. you know, we believe in a God of, of redemption, a God of relationship and, and restoration. So mm -hmm. we started completely over, you know, went on a second first date in November of that year. And then within a few months, in February of 2011, so a little over a year, we were remarried. Whoa. Wow. Boom, boom, bang, bang. <laughs> Let's go. Guns blazing. Let's go. Oh, man, I love it. Thank you so much, you guys, for sharing that. Because, um, mm -hmm. you know, just as I'm listening to you, like, because, like, as a pastor, like, I've talked with people who've been married, you know, um, been through hard times and, and everything. And that that lie, Chris, you talk about, like, I'd just be happier if, if this wasn't going on. Right. And I've kind of coined this phrase that like you realize that you're going to have to take yourself with you. Right. Like mm -hmm. you're if you're going to leave, you're going to take you with you. And I think like you just really put words to that. Um, but like, could you unpack for us now? Like you guys are married. There's, there's this restoration that's come and and it's still going on as we continue to walk and be conformed to the image of Christ. Like this sure. is still going on. But like, what were these rhythms and values now that you have you as a married couple on on round two, really established in your in your relationship to to uh, sustain that connection and health? And we are married as much as we feel like we're pretty unrecognizable from our like, from our first marriage, our our marriage is completely different. Like it's unrecognizable mm -hmm. from our from our first marriage. Um, but I know just first and foremost, there is a there's a transparency and a vulnerability and just an intimacy that was not, it was really non-existent before. You know, I think that Chris had a lot of issues with shame and then my personality and being the one from like the perfect home and does the right things. And like, I think it was sometimes met with judgment, like whether intended or not, like there was just, it wasn't a safe place, I think for either of us to really bring true heart things to the other person. Sure. Um, so like, as we were dating again and rebuilding our marriage, like that was just, that was foundational for us. Like that, no matter what it is, like even with our counselor, when we were dealing with, you know, I have questions about his time while he was away, like right. other relationships, these things that we, we both had questions for the others were rebuilding, like having a period of time, this is from our counselor, but having a period of time where we could ask every question we want to ask, like you have to answer, you have to be honest, but then putting that to bed, and not you bringing it back up, not using it as a weapon in any way, and just you know together realizing the trigger, realizing the triggers will come sure. up, but trying to deal with it and then put it to bed. Um, yeah, I'd say early on too. I mean, I'm fine saying this. It's not like we didn't save ourselves for marriage, but we could have been a little on the safer side, if you know what I'm saying, um, in our first marriage, and then come to this. We've been divorced now, and we're dating, and we just wanted we wanted things to be different. So, mm -hmm. um, as easy as it would have been for us to, you know, have sex and you know, live it up during that dating period, we really wanted to protect 
and set new boundaries and set like a new standard. So, so good. Um, just different mindset, um, mm-hmm. that kind of value of, of trying to put things in place and even just praying together. We didn't pray together before, you know, just it, marriage. It doesn't just happen, you know, like good marriage, good marriages don't just happen. And I think we just, we assumed that, you know, and you know, we've, we've been told over the years, like you're either moving towards oneness or isolation. Like there's no stagnant place. It's one or the other. And so oh. just intentionality of, you know, we have young kids now, like it's really easy to get lost in that season, but actually scheduling a weekly date night. And for us, that typically means a date night in, but like, there's still ways to make that special and intentional. Maybe you pick up like something special to eat that night or a bottle of wine or a special, like a movie you've been waiting on, like porch time, something we do when the weather's nice where we just sit and talk, you know, check in. Mm. So just, yeah, being very intentional. I love it. And then finally, I mean, a huge part of your life now, I mean, you said before music Mm -hmm. was a huge part. You were worship leaders together before. And now Mm -hmm. though, how long have you guys been now singing together and releasing music together? Almost forgot about our music. (laughs) (laughs) No, we, yeah, our duo out of the dust, we created that. We created the duo. Uh, Let's see, I always know, like, when you're a parent, everything is referenced by where your kids were. I was pregnant with our first. (laughs) It was like uh, in the fall of 2012 uh, is when we really decided through a lot of steps that God was going to give us the platform of music to share the story. So for us, we began writing songs and all of our songs stem from what we've been through, from the redemption we've experienced. And and our goal really is just to write from that place to give people hope, you know, that God does redeem, even if our stories don't end the way that we hope. You know, we get messages every single day from people desperate for a prodigal spouse or just really awful situations. And we can't promise anybody that they're going to get the same little bow on their story, but God always redeems. He always mm-hmm. redeems. It just might not be the way that we're that we're hoping for. Powerful. And so, that. even the name of your—I mean, I, the name of your of your duo, mm-hmm. out of the dust. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, I mean, it was Stephanie's idea. I think, <laughs> I think so. uh, we were circling but, a lot of things. Um, but the meaning that it has come to take, and that we. I guess that it was kind of born with is, is part, part Genesis, you know, part story of creation, you know, God breathing his spirit, uh, that, that word pneuma, it means his spirit. When it says he breathed into the dust, it was his spirit and uh, gave it life. And for us, we were reduced to dust. Everything that we tried in our power to do to make our lives okay, it failed. You know, I thought I knew what was best. Stephanie had her own journey of pride, and but we ended up with nothing. And God, in his grace and mercy, breathed into, breathed his spirit into our lives first, and then into our marriage. And then even now, through our story, he can breathe life through our brokenness, through the silly mistakes that we made to help bring hope and healing to other people. And that's what mm-hmm. he does. That's how he does. Yeah, now we are, you know, full-time. We've been called musicianaries, which is like our favorite thing. Let's go. I <laughs> Where, love you it. know, we tour the country and bring our kids with us and and you know, our concerts have our story woven throughout because it's not it's not just entertainment for us. It's ministry first, for sure. I love it. Love well, it. I know we put you on the spot with the lightning round questions. I know your guys are probably still sweating from that how intense <laughs> that was. But I would love it if you guys would be willing to maybe pray um, for our listeners who might be where you were, um, you know, or maybe in even a rocky season of their marriage, or, or even right now they are separated or they are divorced, mm. um, that you would, you would pray for those people who are, who are listening. Is that cool if we do that? I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's being recorded. So it's hard to say no now. So. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, what an amazing time to be alive and, um, to be able to pray in a format where it's, in the airwaves and in the wires and i'm saying it now but they're here you know listeners are hearing it then i still god is still present god is still yeah working in that so let's let's yeah and i will just add anybody listening if you have more questions for us or if we can walk through your own journey with you you know that's what we do that's a big part of our day so you can find us on any social platform to search out of the dust music and and reach out that way we'd love to talk with you Mm. yeah Yeah. absolutely let's pray 
God, we are here now in the presence of your spirit, and uh, our listeners are also in your presence now. We're connected uh, through technology and through time, and it's beautiful and amazing. And uh, God, I, I, I just stop to, to think and thank you for the ways that you are able to, to work in this world, to work um, through um, something silly like technology or even something as profound and and um, gut-wrenching as, as our brokenness and our sin, that you can, you can move in and work in that and through that and with that to bring about something more beautiful, to bring about something that is not only better for us as, as followers of you, but it's better for you that you get the glory, that you get the honor, and that we get to praise you for what you've done. So God, is there's inevitably someone listening who uh, is is really struggling statistically it's just it's a fact god yeah. um, we just we humbly come before you and say would you do it again would you do again what we all as believers get to see you do which is work in our brokenness to take what was meant for evil that was meant for our harm and you take it and you use it for our good and for your glory. So I pray for a deep sense of submission to that, that we would submit and just let go of the things that we think need to be, let go of the things that we think we need to make us happy, let go of the ways that we wish our spouse would act so that we could actually love them, <laughs> uh, and just let you embody us with the love that we are to give yeah. embody us uh, to be that love in our own marriages to start the cycle sometimes the cycle just needs to get started and there's lots of complexities to that god but sometimes it can just be as simple as the wheel getting going so god pray that we would submit to what season you have us in that um, it's probably a tough one <laughs> um, but god you see us you know us, you know what we can handle, and you know that you can bring us through it and that we can be uh, more whole and complete because of what you walked through and you used in our lives. So all those jumbled thoughts, Lord, and, um, and praises just to say, God, we love you. We love the way that you work, and we ask um, for you to do that in, mm -hmm. in, in our lives, <laughs> not just the listeners god but that you would continue to move and work in all of our lives yeah. in a way that brings you glory in jesus name amen 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 chris and stephanie out of the dust music thank you so much for joining us today yeah. thank you for your vulnerability and just making a big deal about what god does when we when we honor him and we lean into his love so mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us today we'll be sure to put in our show notes, uh, ways to get in touch with you, visit your website and follow you on social media. But thanks again. We wish you all the best moving forward. Yeah. Thank you all for having thank us. You. This is awesome.